Hello and welcome to the B2B Sales Playbook Podcast, brought to you as ever by Lead Forensics. I'm your host, Joe Ducaro. This episode is the audio taken from the webinar we ran called Driving Sales Gains, Unleash Motivation. We teamed up with the founder of 4Networking and four times best-selling Amazon business author Brad Burton to discuss how a fast-paced career in sales can take a toll on even the most driven and ambitious individuals and how to stay motivated during the tough times. Brad's got a lot of energy and passion to share in this, so you're going to get a lot out of this podcast episode. So without further ado, here is the Sales Motivation Playbook with Brad Burton. Brad, how are you today? Yo, I'm awesome. I am uh, a little bit jet-lagged, just come back from America, but uh, it's a tough job. Somebody's got to do it. Been taking my Manchester motivation over to Las Vegas. Absolutely. You can, you can take the lad out of Salford. You can't take the Salford out of the lad, <laughs> eh? <laughs> Let's get straight into this then, Brad. What do you think are the most common mistakes salespeople make when trying to motivate themselves and their teams? Yeah, I think uh, you can't skip the steps. So in order to get to the top of any stairs, you have to go step one, two, three, four, five. And so many people want to go for the big scores. You know, I'm a motivational speaker. I do speak globally around the, around the world um, on the biggest stages. And there was a temptation when I first started out, oh, what the big stages, I want the big stages. But the problem is, is that if I would have died on those big stages, early doors, I would never have got the confidence back. So what you need to do is recognize this, that success breeds confidence, confidence breeds success. So what you need to do is pat yourself on the back for any sale, no matter how small the sale is. You know, don't be looking at other people and, and looking at what they're doing. You need to be your own competition. And there's a reason that racehorses wear blinkers. They don't care about the competition. That's what you need to do. You need to run your own race. You need to put you versus you. So you can't skip the steps. It's so important that every single success that you have, you kind of load it up. And what you do is recognize that success breeds confidence, confidence breeds success. And it all starts with you. So it's something that, you know, perhaps we don't talk about enough in a, in a sales context is, as you say, celebrating the little wins. Um, it can be very, very difficult, you know, as you say, to be comparing yourself to everybody else. So what sort of things can you do to celebrate it? When you say celebrate those little wins, what sort of things do you mean? So if you look at, I go to the gym and if, let's say, for instance, I'm lifting 100 kilos, I'm not, right? Let's pretend, right? I'm lifting 100 kilos. In order for me to lift 100 kilos, somewhere along the way, I had to start with 10 kilos, then 50, then 20 and so forth. What we need to do as individuals is yourself on the back and i go back to celebrating that so you say to yourself if i sell three things today or the, a week or whatever your targets are i'm going to go and set myself out to i'm uh, going to go away with a wife for, for a weekend away or i'm going to go to uh, to pizza hut or i'm going to buy myself a, whatever it be but this is the way that we need to do because what we end up doing is beating ourselves up and i'll tell you something you know negativity uh, sorry positivity won't solve all your problems that's the reality of it but a negative mindset will give you more. So it's so important that what you end up doing is give yourself positive affirmations and you actually talk yourself into it and actually go, yes, well done. Even if your sales only small, pat yourself on the back. Never let anything that you do that is positive go away. And this is, I believe, as a look, let me be honest with you, right? You know, I'm the UK's number one motivational business speaker. It says on my website, right? I'm the four-time best-selling author. I'm the founder of Four Networking. Am I that Brad Burton or am I the other one, which is the guy whose dad left when he was six months old, who got shot at when he was 21, who left school with no qualifications, that's done four years on benefits, that's been addicted to drugs twice, that delivered pizzas at 31. Am I that Brad Burton or this Brad Burton? You'll never outperform yourself image. 
So it's so important that what you do is every time that you succeed, almost like a three-year-old or a toddler, you give yourself a reward or pat yourself on the back. And that emboldens you and gives you more strength and it gives you more power. And as that strength and power increases, so does your ability. But what we end up doing is go back onto the, the, the bodybuilder, you know, 100 kilo or 200 kilo. Everyone is around that person that's doing the big weight, but it's relative. So when you're starting out in, in, in sales, you know, your sale, a small sale, is the equivalent of somebody's big sale. It's relative. Never forget that. It's about the stories we tell uh, tell ourselves, I imagine, there's what, what you, you're saying. So what? how can a, a sales leader then create a culture of motivation within their team? And then what are the key components of a successful sales team culture, would you say? A oh, great question. You know, this has been one of the biggest problems that I've encountered when I'm helping businesses over the last few years. Culture has fell away. Culture has fell away, and that has been one of the real impacts of this pandemic. You know, work from home, and it's just the culture is the glue that holds organizations together. And I think that that's where people need to start rebuilding their, their organizations from that perspective, from a culture, remembering what made people great. And you said it's about the stories that we tell ourselves. As a leader, I've had to make decisions, the likes of which over the last few years um, have been impossible. Impossible decisions. And from a leader's perspective, that's what you've got to do. You cannot delegate responsibility. As a salesperson, you cannot delegate responsibility. It'd be lovely to, you know, get somebody else to do your calls for you and all you do is get the, 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 the rewards. But as a leader, what a leader needs to do is show and demonstrate. And this is exactly what I did. You know, don't tell people how to do it, show them how to do it. And that fundamentally is what I believe makes an amazing sales leader. So embodying that very, that very notion then. Oh, true story. You know, it's about making it happen. It's about showing people and demonstrating how to do it, not telling them how to do it. You know, from my perspective, it's a bit like this, a boxer. Oh, all you need to do is do that and that. Yeah, it's probably a little bit more to it than that. And that's the problem. So, well, you know, uh, Tyson Fury or whatever, all you got to do is a left, left and a right. He's been spending, you know, 20, 30 years learning how to do a left, left and right. And that's the simplicity of it. It's left, left and right. But actually, the nuances, and that's what a sales leader's got to do, lead from the front, but also recognize that any member of staff or any member of a team is a human being. And we kind of forget that sometimes when we're in pursuit of the numbers. Actually, what this is about is about numbers. Behind every number, behind every conversation is a human being. And I think from the best sales leaders are people that recognize that, that not everyone's going to give 100% every single day, as romantic as that would be. OK, I know from the way that I operate, I, I do it burst working. So when I'm working with my teams, we do two hours of mad intensity in the morning and we do two hours of mad intensity in the afternoon. That's it. And the rest of the day just kind of unfolds so that I know that in the morning we go and do the tough calls, four hours of, of being reactive and then two hours of hardcore burst working. Right now, the intensity that I'm giving is what I'd consider to be within that two hour framework. So recognize that people are people. And actually, in order to get the best out of your people, recognize that your people are people. It's something that, you know, it might surprise people to find out, particularly in a, in a sales context, that actually, you know, we don't talk about emotion or, or empathy. But as you say, it, fundamentally, that's what connects everybody. And a little sort of mantra, if you like, that's become, you know, where I've been doing these webinars and podcasts that we always come back to is, people buy from people and I know there's people watching this who'll be saying that with me because they've heard it so often but it's fundamental it's a fundamental you know, truth of you it. know you know what I would say here Joe if the buyer doesn't like the seller it's going nowhere 
okay? Unless you go into a jet garage to get some cheap fuel. If the buyer doesn't like the seller, if I didn't like you, Joe, we wouldn't be doing this regardless. So therefore, somewhere along the way, there needs to be an element of likability about people. And I've realized something that actually, that's the bit that has been lost as well in this process is once again, the person that you're talking to is a person as well. So we need to start humanizing and recognize it's not business to business or business to consumer, it's P to P, person to person. And that's something I've always been good at. You know, I am, I don't consider myself a salesperson. Yeah, I'm the best salesperson ever. You know why? Because I don't consider myself a salesperson. What I do is have a conversations. I'm the worst salesperson ever, but what I'm great at is selling through enthusiasm. And if I don't 100% believe in a product, I can't sell it. I cannot sell it regardless of how much margins in it. But if I believe in something, as in 100%, not 99.9, .9, but 100%, and that's what you've got to do. Because if you don't 100% believe in a product, 100%, then don't get upset when the person sat opposite you doesn't believe 100% either. And it's so important that somewhere along the way, you don't have a plan B, that you've got this almost misguided self-belief about your product and your services. It is that is something that has come up before is you absolutely need to believe in what you're selling because otherwise like you say it's just not gonna work is it so so then what what would you suggest are some practical techniques that salespeople can use to stay motivated particularly when facing rejection or you know a setback or something so understand this that an expert is someone that has made all the mistakes in a particular niche field when it comes to speaking on stage i've made them all when it comes to uh, running a business, I've made them all. Marriage, I've made them all, right? But this is the thing, what you need to do is understand this, that every time that you make a, a, a call or whatever, you're gonna get one of two things. You're gonna get a result or you're gonna get a reason. Either way, it moves you, it moves you forward. Because here's the thing, when you look at a, a, what an expert is, as I said, somebody's made all the mistakes, every single time that you make a call, you're learning and it's moving you forward. I've died on stage. I've spoke over two and a half thousand times professionally on stage. I've died on stage hundred times, I'd say, in that time. And most people say, oh, I'm never doing that again. But that's the thing. By saying that, you've just closed down that entire note. So when it doesn't go your way, you ask this question. You get a piece of paper and you put that line down the middle, right? And then on the left, you write LV and on the right, NT. Like best next time. What did I like best about that call? What would I do differently next time? And it moves you forward. That's a practical thing that you can do. The other thing that you can do is recognize this. Get yourself day one enthusiasm. So you, who is watching this right now, remember when you started in your role and how excited you was and how well, you're going to do this, that, and the other. And then six months later, oh, it's boring, it's not doing me nothing. Shut up. Get yourself back to day one enthusiasm and remember why you started. Remember why you are selling it. Look at what life looks like. If you hit your targets, what does life look like? Oh, I'll be able to get that holiday that I wanted to go to Thailand. I'd be able to buy that car that I wanted. I'd be able to remember why you started. It's absolutely, again, uh, speaking of things that have come up previously before, but remembering your Never why. Never as well as I've done it, though, Joe. Never as well as I've done it. <laughs> I'll agree yeah. with you on that one, Brad. Absolutely. <laughs> so then how, perhaps this is quite an abstract concept, but maybe you can shed some light on this for us. How could a sales leader measure the motivation of their team? What metrics can you use to track that? Oh is there a God. metric that you can use? Yes, Joe, I'm gonna ask you right now, I don't want you to be really honest, as in 100% honest, right? Go for it. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being optimistic, one being pessimistic, what are you right now? Uh, I'd settle on a good 8.5. 
There you go. That's the, that's the question you ask. Your, that's the question you ask your guys every single day. Done. See, the problem is, you just ask that question. You load it. Oh, it's an abstract concept. It's not an abstract concept. This is what I teach teams. You know, it's not. We make it more complicated. Oh, how can we measure motivation? Ask them. But be really honest. Because I'll tell you something, one of the things that I realise with my team is if they're not motivated or they're not um, optimistic and they're pessimistic, I send them home. It, 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 it's probably time to go. And actually go today and then return tomorrow. What's going on? Why are you pessimistic? So specifically, what's breaking down here? Look, we are like little human computers. That's the reality of it, okay? This, this is a human computer. There's a good version of Brad, positive, upbeat and so forth, and there's a negative and, and, and fiery one here. There's two versions of it two sides of the same coin so once you start recognizing that people are people right this is the point that i make people are people so that question that i just asked you on a scale of one to ten ten being optimistic one being negative oh sorry pessimistic so optimistic and positive pessimistic and negative where are you you said an 8.5 perfect so you're good to go if however you said you're three and a half out of ten your entire day is going to start bleeding in. And if, if I go and get a, a if I, you go and get a, a team, a sales team of 49 negative people, and you go and put one positive person in there, guess what? You've now got 50 negative people. So somewhere along the way, this goes what I, what I work, teach people. I get them to, to, to look at teams. You come out from the wrong perspective. Yeah, but we need to do sales techniques now. What you need to do is touch their elbow, and then you say this and that. No, you don't. If you've not got a motivated, optimistic sales team, that's where your problems lie. Yet people would rather have charts and, and, and spreadsheets and this and the other. You're going at your wrong perspective. It's this. This is your best chance of success. This is your best chance of failure. Get this right, you get your sales right. Get this wrong, that's where your problems are coming from. It's a completely different way of doing it. You know, I, I, I walked in, I trained a team. Uh, I'm not going to mention names, but household name. Went into a, a sales team, a national sales team, and asked the question, I said, Guys, girls, can you run, put your hand up if you've sold something in the last three months? Every hand went up. I said, put it in your, keep your hand up if you sold something in the last month. Every hand went up. I said, the last week, every hand stayed up. I said, what can I teach you about selling? I said, we're going to, you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do for the next seven hours. They all burst out laughing. So straight away, I got them on side. I said, look, I can't teach you know how to sell. What you don't know how to do is maintain this positive mindset. And that's what we're going to help you with today. So then just to, to go back, something you mentioned, we were discussing um, sales culture and a cultural shift needs to happen. You mentioned sort of, you know, the pandemic and people more remote mm. and everything. What are the challenges around staying motivated when, because as you say, you know, if someone's not feeling great, you send them home effectively, you know, physically in person. What are the challenges of keeping people motivated when they are, you know, isolated? What are some strategies for building engagement and motivation amongst a virtual sales team? Great, great question, Joel. You're good at this. Um, listen, what I'd say is this, my friend, is that sales leaders and managers and directors need to have conversations when they don't need to have a conversation. Because the problem is, is that people are waiting till there's a problem and then ring it up and it's all fraught and these individuals are all snarled up. It's a bit like when you've got a uh, headset, um, like a earphones and they're all tied up and you're trying to somehow use them whilst they're all you've got to untangle what's going on and that is that is what you need to do but the only way you're going to untangle what's going on is by having a conversation when you don't need a conversation so you need to check in right not oh at the end of the week oh your numbers are terrible you're missing the point you need to have these conversations when you don't have one of our conversations ah but i'm all business like 
and that's why your sales problem you've got a sales problem with your team and this is the thing you, you need to understand people are people and everyone's paid the price over the last three years with the pandemic oh but the pandemic's over yes of course it's over but it's not really there people pay the price emotionally mentally physically financially spiritually the whole emotionally and mentally, the whole thing got got shattered and people don't know North isn't North anymore. Nobody's, everyone's trying to reorientate themselves and find where, where their place is again. So as teams, what went before, Joe's always, Joe, bad example. Steve's always been in the, in the role and he's been there for, been amazing for five years. Steve's changed as a result of it. You know, one of the things that I have here, this is a snow globe. And you need to wait for the dust to settle. But what everyone's trying to do, everyone's trying to force the dust to settle. You need to recognise that people are not the same people that they once was before this pandemic. Organisations are not. My organisation, you know, was like 1.8 million quid on March the 22nd, 2020. I built it up for 14 years, team of 800, this, that, and the other. Boom, gone, overnight. Please stay at home, Boris. So somewhere along the way, I've had to adapt. I've had to fall back on my smarts, and that's what you've got to do. You've got to look at the, the stuff that you used to do and the way you used to do it. It might have worked for 14 years. It wouldn't work now. So get a blank piece of paper and say to yourself, what's working right now? What's not working? And understand this, pebbles in shoes don't magic the way out. You know, I live in a house over in Somerset and in each of the corners, when I bought this house, true story, uh, my wife bought a house um, with a wood burner, right? <laughs> the idea that you light a fire inside a house and don't run for insurance purposes, alien to me. But nonetheless, we bought this <laughs> wonderful five bedroom house, right? And in each of the corners of the room was a spider. And I said to the wife, I said, look at that, that's nuts, right? I'm from council states and I live in the village now. No one's getting shot, it's amazing, right? And um, I said, look at these spiders. I said, do you want me to get them out? She went, oh, it's all right, I don't mind small spiders. I said, where do you think the big ones come from, Karen? <laughs> See, there'll be small spiders that you can handle. Oh, I don't mind the fact that Steve's underperforming at the moment. It's fine. And then you let it build and build and build and build. And he's getting more and more fraught and you're getting more and more frustrated. And then you have, boom. And that's where the problems come from. So deal well with the small spiders whilst they're at the smallest. You're, what you're you're doing expertly, Brad, is you are offering actual practical advice for everybody watching uh, this webinar. So that's fantastic. You know, listen, listen, can I just say thank you to everyone that's tuned in? I mean, genuinely, you know, it has been a tough few years. And I, 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 one of the things that I realise is that by sharing this with you, the audience, that you recognise that it's not just you. You know, and I'll mm. tell you another tip. I was, and this is absolutely true. Like I say, just come back from America, speaking there. Everyone's blagging it, okay? Everyone's got imposter syndrome, everyone. I know world championship boxers, Pertwet, blagging it. They're on television, looking at, blagging it. I know number one um, top pop stars in the UK, blagging it. I know dragons from Dragon's Den, blagging it. Everyone is blagging it, including me. Right. So one day when you realize this, that everyone's blagging it, it's OK, because you can think that oh, it's just me, it's just me. And, and I don't want people to find me out. Listen, everyone's blagging it until they're not. OK, so so it's it's OK to be human. And this is what I try to say. You know, before you're a sales expert or a sales professional, you're a human being. Get the human being bit right and all the rest kind of unfolds. But what we've tried to do is we've been watching The Apprentice. And you've got a matching tie and you've got matching socks that's what you do that isn't what success is about success is not about having a, a five series bmw with a three liter engine i promise you success is about being content with who you are once you get being content with everything i'm a northerner this that and the other from salford 
proper, just to put your mind at ease, by the way, you do have shaved heads and tattoos, but don't worry, I'm not a drug dealer anymore. But we can all change, and that's what this is about. It's about the changes that you need to make in order for you to be a more successful, more balanced professional. Imposter syndrome is something that comes up quite a lot. And, and to bring not up... Not as well as I do it, though, Joe, as you know, absolutely not as well as I do it. Do you know what? That's what I need to do, isn't it? I need to remember to add that caveat on the end of it. So not as well as you've done it, Brad, but to bring up something else that comes up a lot, and I'm sure no one will do it as well as you do. You will now, Brad. Um, uh, burnout is something and loss of momentum is something that I talk about with a lot of people. What are some strategies for coping with, with burnout okay. long term losing momentum? What's that? Mate, 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 these are the greatest questions known to man. I'm telling you, let me be, I'm going to be really honest with you. I had a uh, nervous breakdown back in and, and, and the official way of doing that nervous breakdown i don't know i was, was going to swear there i'm not going to swear that a nervous breakdown effectively lost your mind it took me two and a half years to get fixed i'm all right right that was in 2012. i had a burnout in 2020 august 2020 two weeks of being mentally weakened on a scale of one to ten like you know in terms of mental fortitude one in terms of optimism uh, pessimism one i was shot to pieces and I didn't even know that. And this is the problem that you need to understand. You know, I'm an alpha male. I consider myself in my mind's eye an alpha male, right? <laughs> so, so everything that I do, and as I said before, you can't outperform your self-image. You know, that's how I see myself. But almost like, look, I've got a lion, right? I see myself as a lion, the protecting the pride. That's how my identity is, is based on that. But the problem is, is this. You know, if I go to the gym and I'm lifting 110 kilos, there comes a point when you're lifting too much and what happens is your muscles rip and they break and it same goes for you your mental stuff you need to recognize right now and I, I, I there's another methodology that i teach okay and i'll share it with you again and give you some practical advice i call it um uh, recovering intensity so i want you i'm gonna ask you a straight question again right now so one to four okay one to four red red is not good think of it like mm -hmm. uh red is a bank account in in, 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 in you know overdraft Black is good. So one to four. Uh, so four for red is, oh my gosh, I'm going to get sectioned, right? For black is I'm on the Maldives. Business is going great. Everything's amazing. So what are you? Are you red or are you black right now, Joe? Oh, black, 100%. Black, one, two, three or four? I'll, I'll go with somewhere between three and four, I'd say. Okay. You're the most chilled out man I've ever known. However, can I not just oh briefly, just mentally? Can I? Can you? Could, I don't want you to tell me specifically, but can you remember a last time that you was in the red? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, of course, you're human being. So here's the thing. So you said you're black three for the sake of this conversation. It would only take a few things in your world to go wrong, and all of a sudden that three that goes to two to one, and now you're in the red zone. And the way that you behave in the red zone is different to the way that you behave in the in the black zone. So right now, if you're on that basis in the red zone and you're having half a bottle of brandy every single day because you're dealing with problems, that's likely to cause you big problems. And you know deep down that you've got burnout coming. I'll tell you that now because it doesn't magic its way from red two somehow magic its way to black two. It doesn't work like that. So that question, where are you now? Are you in the red or are you in the black? Will give you an indication as to where you are uh, from a mental perspective. Right now, if you're asking me, I'm black two, black three. Okay, that's where I'm at right now. So this is how I gauge where I am. And this is how I gauge what's going on with my team. I asked them, are you black or red? Oh, I'm red two. Okay, what's going on? Is there anything I can do to support that? So by breaking down, systemizing the way that 
I'm going to try and look for something. Systemizing the way that, there you go. Systemizing the way this is what I do. This is when I just said red, black. This is the system that I use and I created, which allows me to be able to gauge where anyone is. So by sussing out where the individual is, I'm a big computer game fan, right? <laughs> like a heads up display about yeah. seeing, okay, someone's stressed out. Why are they stressed out? Someone's overeating. Why are they overeating? And by working on these DAOs, you can effectively re recalibrate someone so they get the best out of them in all ways and form. So it's about recognizing that within yourself as well, then. That, that's probably the key. Self, the key recognizing those things. Self-leadership, Joe. Self-leadership. You know, it would be lovely that somebody can come and fix all your problems. They can't. It would be lovely. Right. And this is the bit that you need to understand. If you are tuned into this, let me be quite clear. The worst day of my life, January the 2nd, 1995, I got shot at in Manchester. I moved away from Manchester and I moved to Somerset. I got a pin on a map and ended up in Somerset. That's the reality of it. If that hadn't happened, the worst day of my life, I wouldn't be here now. I wouldn't have written four books. I wouldn't be get the point. Right. Everything happens for the reason. Right now, you have tuned in to this webinar. I'm talking to you. The worst day of my life became the best thing that ever happened. I'm talking to you. You know you need to make change. And the only person who can make the changes is you. People say to me, how many motivational speakers does it take to change the light bulb? One. But the light bulb's going to want to change. So I'm hoping right now that you, as a result of watching this live, can recognize that you, right now, need to make change in order that you can be a better person so that you can be a better salesperson. Again, Brad, I don't think anyone's put it as well as you have on this, this series of webinars. So congratulations on that one. <laughs> the nature of my look i'm just a working class lad from salford right that's the reality of it but what i've managed to do is i brought naivety to business i didn't read any business books about how business would be i didn't read that you can't do this that and that. i've done none of these things all i did was look at what i consider to be common sense and i look at my life and i look at how i've turned my life around like absolutely turned my life. if you see me 20 years ago you wouldn't recognize me physically, emotionally, mentally, you were a completely different person. And this is what we can be. We can all be that better version, but it requires us, us as individuals, to take responsibility for our life and, importantly, our decisions. And I've got a system, if you're interested, in how you can help make better decisions and faster. If it's something of interest, let me know. Well, thank you very much. And I'm sure everybody who's watching this will be in touch if that is something that interests them. So, no. Brad... I'm, I'm going to start wrapping up the, the, the conversation that we're having as much as I could talk to you all day as you were very engaging chat. So if I could ask you, please, for one top tip, one absolute golden rule that you would like everyone to take away who is watching this conversation right now, what's the one thing you would like them to remember? <clears throat> that it's not the time spent on the pitch. It's the goal spent, the goal scored on the pitch. That's the reality of it. And we get it all messed up. Oh, I've made 500 calls today. Yeah, how many goals have you scored? And once you can start doing that, you can start ascertaining. Then once you work out how many goals you've actually scored, break it down. How did I score that goal? What specifically did I do on a piece of paper in order to score that goal? And that is how you become a repeat star striker, just like me. Fantastic stuff. Brad Burton, thank you so much for joining us for this. Well, there you go, Brad Burton on maintaining motivation in sales. Our key takeaways then. Success breeds confidence, so celebrate the small wins, give positive affirmations, and pat yourself on the back to stay motivated. A positive work environment is key to creating a culture of motivation within a sales team. 
Transparency, communication, recognition, training and development and shared goals are all important components of a successful sales team culture. Regular conversations with teams are crucial to keeping people motivated in a virtual setting. It's important to address small problems as they can create bigger issues if not addressed. Remember what Brad was saying about the pebble in the shoe. Taking responsibility for your life and decisions is crucial to becoming not only a better salesperson, but a better person overall. Focus on your goals and scoring them, rather than the number of calls made or time spent on the pitch. Break down the process of scoring goals for success. Thanks again to Brad for joining us for this podcast and thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe to the B2B Sales Playbook wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five-star rating where possible. We'll be back next week with another brilliant episode of the B2B Sales Playbook.